Hello, everybody. This is Mike Lung. We want to tell you guys a story today. We're going to make it a little lighthearted in the past. Greg and I have gone over a lot of facts and figures with you guys. been really just points to be looking out for to make your decisions. But today, like I said, a little bit more lighthearted. We want to tell you guys a story. Bring a metaphor to you guys and bring it all home with the harvest season upon us about how we've gone through this year with all this emotion, all this courage, all these problems coming at us. So we want to relate this to the Wizard of Oz. You got the tornado ripping through, which you got the season starting off with planting and everything. Just It seems like one problem after another. You get the trade war, and you have play planning, you have rain nonstop, you have the USDA reports coming out of nowhere, and We'd like to all wrap it up in a nice picture for you guys. So that's why today I am being joined by Steve Georgie. Steve, thanks for having, thanks for <laughs> hey, being here. Hey, thanks for having me on today. This is uh, this is extremely fun, and and you know, and as you said, Mike, we truly want to just we just want to keep this extremely light, you know. And and there's you get a lot of ups and downs right now. You get a lot of this, uh, a lot of people that are just listening to just regurgitation of just news across the media and things like that. And so we kind of want to bring this home. And as you mentioned, it's been kind of fun, but, you know, we've been talking about the Wizard of Oz and, and we're going to relate this and get into some of this and have this this talk back and forth on what that relates to farming uh, and how that's relating to actually the 2019 growing season. Definitely. And when you are relating, what aspects of the Wizard of Oz are you trying to relate this season too. Well, you know, we're going to dive into a couple things before I even get into this, and we start really taking a look at at, at what's going on. We're going to relate to what the emotions and, and some of this, uh, just the hardships that we've had for this growing season, and so this is kind of what we see in in the movie. Uh, Wizard of Oz. You've you've got the lion, the scarecrow, the tin man, and then some of the emotions that Dorothy goes through, things like that. And I know it seems kind of silly, but when we really look at it and we see what they've done in, in the past and, and how this uh, or what they've done as they go on their journey, it truly is amazing how you can relate this to some of the feelings that we've had this year. As you mentioned, the delayed plantings, what's going on and how we had that, some of the decisions that needed to be made, whether or not we're going to take preventative plant or not, uh, or are we going to try to get this crop in the ground? And then what does that do to my yield and those emotional sides of farming? And and so it kept falling from there, USDA. And as you and I, and I know you and Greg have talked about it several times on some of these reports that we've had, some of the changes some of the times that USDA would give us numbers that just nobody would agree on, and now we need to figure those out. So those kind of hardships as we've gone throughout the season. Then, of course, now as we get into harvest, there's things that are, that are very tough, very hard for guys. Uh, and when you look at what's going on out there and uh, just harvest alone with all of the rain, the delays, but not only that, these guys up in the Dakotas, areas of Minnesota, still impacted by the snow. We've got high winds. We've got all sorts that are now making a mess. Uh, so it, nothing has been easy. High winds. Sounds a lot like, I don't know, a tornado <laughs> landing us at our beginning of the point. We Let's start off on this journey down the Yellow Brick Road, this journey down our planting season this year and where it started. You got it. Well, I mean, the big thing is, is that as we look at it, 
right? And as I mentioned, we're going to dive in, take a look at the lion, the scarecrow, the tin man, and then, of course, wrap things up with Dorothy and what that does. But, you know, farmers this year especially are feeling this pain. The tin man, he was in search of, of having heart. Well, that farmer has heart. You guys out there putting your heart and soul into what you're producing. The farmer uh, has a very tough time, but through the delays, the growing season, and now harvest, the heart that the farmer carries is certainly something that that tin man was looking for. The scarecrow searching for brains. The farmers are not only driven to know everything about planting, when to plant, when to harvest, when do we do what, and then what do we do with it? These are all things that these brains, this scarecrow was searching for, that the farmer must hold as well. So what do we do? Do we put the crop in the bin? Do we, live, do, do we deliver to the elevator? Or do we just sell it? So not only with these brains, there's decisions that come along. The lion was in search for courage. Well, on a farming aspect, you need to have that courage. With all of the emotions and these decisions that we just described comes this courage on what to do and doing the right thing as you go along through this journey or this path down the yellow brick road. But attached to that becomes hard work, but also time. And it's time spent during this season that that courage really builds within that farmer and allows them to make these decisions that they need to make. But then, of course, there's Dorothy. And she's just trying to get home. She's trying to find her way home, planting with the emotions that are going on during the growing season for that farmer, the harvest, and everything in between. That farmers have to find a path. That yellow brick road, which way are we taking? But along that yellow brick road, just like for Dorothy, those farmers, they rely on not only their friends, their neighbors, their bankers, their brokers, uh, and many more as they take this journey down that path. But this journey, though, for 2019 growing season is a path that we're all on. We're all on this together, just as not only with Dorothy, but the Tin Man, the Lion, and also the Scarecrow. And on their path, they're trying to find a way to get themselves home. So it seems with all of this that everyone is searching for that wizard. But truth be told, there is no magic in farming. There is no wizard. This is something that we all have to work together, but we have to bring this all home. So not only that, we all have to have that heart, those brains, that courage in order to do what's right. So we find those friends. We find those people to surround ourselves with who can lead us down this yellow brick road or this path and finally make those decisions and make those hardships that we need to in order to get us where we need to go. The ruby slippers, they're just something that we are looking for. I don't think anybody truly has those ruby slippers. But we need to bring this all together in 2019. So when we look at this, and Mike, as you brought it up, we're going to try to make this fun. We wanted to talk about this, how it relates. But it is interesting that those hardships that you watch in The Wizard of Oz are, are very similar to the hardships that we're seeing right now. And we can relate that to farming and those decisions that a farmer has to make throughout this path definitely and you're bringing all these different points together you got the tin men with the heart you got the scarecrow with the brains you got the the lion with the courage 
how often do you see those cross over each other? You got the heart and the brain and the courage all crossing paths and trying to figure out which one to be following. So how have you seen that come out this season, and what can you give our farmers, our listeners, in order to help more focus on the actual path as opposed to all the very uh, variables that are mm-hmm. attached with it? Yeah, you know, the big thing is, 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 is you've seen Dorothy surround herself with, with good people and people that she can influence that influence her as well. And so what we've tried to do, uh, and how do we make this a little easier? You could turn on Twitter, you could turn on a computer, you could turn on whatever you want. And the next thing you see is you, you see just all this information. The media has just spewed out tons of information. But with that, we now have to decide what to do, right? So we actually had done a webinar. And it was the first time that we really put out a free webinar uh, that I know myself and, and Rich Nelson uh, had, had. It's an hour long. But it breaks down corn and beans. And it breaks down everything that, that the producer really needs to know for the right now time period, because the decisions that have to be made, they're endless. They are absolutely endless. Every day something new happens, whether or not it's a, a snowstorm uh, or whether or not it's you look at South America right now, it's dry or we have an issue in the Middle East that's now affecting our macro sense of the market. So we have to make those decisions. But with this webinar, we've, we've got it free. And this is something that every producer out there, I'd love this, love to get this into your hands. Have you watched this? But what it is is just showing facts. That's all it is. And those facts are there so that that way every producer can be out there and make these decisions that they have to, that we know are very hard. So we want to get into that and to have that. It is a free webinar. But for us, we try to keep that light. You know, we try to keep this as easy as we can in order to make those decisions that are tough. Definitely keep it focused, keep you on that path, keep you out of the Twitter world that at times can be like, uh, I don't know, flying monkeys attacking you. <laughs> you got everyone coming from every which way with all their different information, some bullish, some bearish, and really need to focus back on that path, get to the Emerald Palace, get to the, the final be-all, which is pricing your grain. And whether it's pricing your grain now or if you have storage or whatever your plans may be, but just having that plan in place so you're not just roaming and just lost. But with that information, where would you find the best way to filter it? Do you you think that just given the information that we give them, that's going to be just enough and they'll be able to make all decisions? Or is it something you're going to have to... It's a lot of hard work, you know, and this is where it is that work doesn't stop. As we know, a farmer's job is constant. And so when you look at that and it's it's surrounding yourself with those people, what do I do? Getting some advice. Do I put this crop in a bin? Do I sell my corn store beans this year or do I store my my you know my beans and, and sell corn? What do we do? How do we inform yourself? But knowledge becomes power. Mm-hmm. And that's what we see through this story is this knowledge that is gained and the people that the de- the decisions that are made uh, becomes what what drives them and, and what truly gets them home. Those are the decisions that we need to we need to focus on and that surround yourself with good people. We're here. I know, uh, you know you deal with a lot of customers throughout the day. 
you know, and you you answer a lot of questions. You try to walk them through and help them make some of these decisions that are very tough. And so we always bring that. And I think uh, I think that's something that everybody needs to look forward uh, and needs to have that team around them. And knowing that, knowing that we're coming to the end of this season and there's some difficult decisions that need to be made now, do you think it's too early to start also planning, just putting the framework down for next year as well? No. Uh, you've got to keep looking at that. You know, as we talk and we hear about China, right, China, and, and we get this this idea that, that phase one of this trade agreement with China is basically laid out, yet nothing is penned. So how many times have we heard this before in the past where you get something that's laid out like that and it just doesn't happen? And so I think the market is becoming more susceptible to some of this. And so we have to keep that in mind. But as you talk about next year, uh, and I sat through a meeting and, and started discussing this with some of our research guys and with the idea that everybody thinks we're going to have more corn acres next year. So 95 million acres is a number that's being thrown around. So when you look at carryout numbers currently of 1.9 billion carryout, what's going to happen if we increase acreage again? So when we look at that, that would mean that even though we've got this December corn contract of, of 2020 um, sitting around this $4.10 mark, we might need to take hold of that. We should be trying to make these decisions. But the decisions don't stop with what's at hand. We need to be looking forward as well. Uh, but I think a lot of this trade talk, as I was mentioning, is a good thing. Right now there's positive talk instead of having negative talk. And that's helping propel this market higher or giving a sense of that everything is okay and the market starts to float a little. But that is where it's an advantage to the farmer. Mm-hmm. And the, you were looking at corn being around 410. Would you say you make the same argument with no of 20 beans and up here around 970? You know, and that's you look at the story for corn, as I mentioned, 95 million acres for corn. Mm-hmm. And guys have been talking about that, that, hey, corn is, is, is going to be, we're going to have even more carryout. There's a little bit better picture right now for soybeans. Some of my concern for soybeans right now is that you do have this issue with South America. USDA, before I get into the South America picture, USDA has our carryout right now at $460 million. That is a far cry from what we were looking at, almost a billion carryout earlier this year. They've slashed that in half. Now, they've slashed that in half with us looking at a little bit more demand here uh, and, and looking for this demand with, uh, with China coming in and buying it. But South America, we need to focus on this because, yes, they've increased acres or hectares. But with that, they are planting right now and it is dry. When you look at years that have really affected uh, their production, we don't take hold of that until we really get into the first week of December. And then we start looking at, oh, man, it is dry or it is too hot or too cold or too wet or too something. And so those effects start to spill over into our markets. And so I think right now it's early to be watching that. But as we go through our harvest, we find a home for this. What's next? I don't know if this China thing will be next. It seems like it's drug out. But South America could be a bigger card. If they start having problems that means that our beans at 460 million carryout may even become a little less. So as you talk about, is it time for the soybeans for next year? I'm having a hard time trying to look at and trying to hedge that 
right now because of all of the unknown. And we don't know what's going to happen. I don't see beans dropping a lot right now, but it's really kind of hard to see much of a rally as we're in the heart of harvest. So look for that to be kind of stale. But what is next? We always have to ask ourselves that. And I think as we look for what's next, watch South America. That's a pretty good story if it does remain dry. We need to be watching that. Is there any other picture that's just kind of floating around in the background for you that you've been monitoring slightly but may become more of a problem down the road here? You know, I, I don't – I think as we, we talk China, uh, we talk the elections here next year, we can look at the macro sense of things. Right now, the dollar, if you look at that, that has been shifting constantly. But right now, it's becoming a little bit cheaper. We took out some support. Now, why the dollar? If the dollar starts to break, what that does is starts to invite more sales for our exports. And so it opens up the door for exports. If you look at what we have right now for our exports, we're behind for corn, beans, and wheat. We're 52% behind exports for corn. We're trying to play catch up in the beans, and we are behind for wheat. So if that dollar gets a little cheaper, could that be something that we need to watch? Do we become that store again? We know we're oversupplied. But on the global perspective, can we become that store where everybody looks to go to? And I think that has a lot of effect with the dollar. But also watch what's going on. Going into an election year next year, the stock market typically finds a lot of volatility, just uncertainty, money moving to the sidelines or money trying to find a home because of the unknown once again. So we may end up seeing, like we've seen several times in the past, money start to go to the sideline, but then find a home into something cheap, which is the grain markets. And so can we get that and something to certainly focus on? Do we get that shift? Do we get the shift from Wall Street back to Main Street? And that is something to keep in mind as well as we get into 2020. Touching back on the exports you were talking about earlier and how it's making it more attractive, do you have any concerns with how Japan and Mexico have kind of dwindled off here from their recent, not even recent, but over the last years of them being our large uh, markets? Do you have any concerns with that falling off? I do have a little concern, uh, but I think overall we still have a long time to figure this out as far as that marketing season. We have penned an agreement with Japan. Okay, but we haven't seen any purchases. Mm -hmm. We've seen nothing from it. We still are trying to get we, – we've got an agreement with Mexico and Canada, but nothing has been penned there either. So we hear – we don't know where that is. And now we've got the other trade issue, and that's with China. And so there's a lot of things that need to be finished and wrapped up before I start to feel confident that those exports will actually come back. And so we need to watch for that. And I think that is uh, is something as well. Is it concerning right now? No. But is that concern in the future? If we get into March, April, May timeframe and those markets are still not there, we do need to be concerned because that's when we shift our sales to South America. Our time is now to be selling and we're not. Mm -hmm. So if we don't sell now and we're not going to sell as we get into April, May timeframe, now we're in some trouble. And I think that's when we need to realize that it's a little too early at this point. All right. Thank you very much for all that. Thanks for that fantastic story you told us at the beginning <laughs> and the great metaphor you put together. But if you guys have any questions about anything that was talked about on the show 
or anything we can help you with, filter out all this information for you, please feel free to reach out. Our number here is 1-800-262-7538. This week for Allendale Market Talk, Mike Lung. You guys have a great one. Thank you.